Hello, it's Kels. Welcome back to another episode of Redefine Fitness. I'm just really happy. I'm so happy I am home. I'm home right now at my own house, sitting in my husband's office, which I designed for him and which I commandeer as a podcast room on occasion. And I just am so happy to be here. I think... um, I've been traveling. I've been traveling, guys. And I think this episode, I'm going to do what I was going to do last episode, which is kind of recap my travels. I asked you guys on the gram what you wanted this episode to be about. And a bunch of you were like, hey, you still have to tell us about your travels. So I was like, oh, wow. I didn't think anyone gave a shit, but that was cool. So let's do it. Um, and I think this is good. I think it's good to personally reflect and I may as well just like do this in real time with you and we'll see what kind of lessons or memories come through. Um, basically, um, if we take it back to like, gosh, April and May, April and May, we'll just focus on April and May. I traveled quite a bit. I already talked about the retreats, so we're not going to start there. Um, if you missed last episode, And, um, when I just kind of reflected on the experience of leading my first ever retreats and all kinds of things about that and what we focused on during those, um, go and listen to last episode. It's called long voice memo from a good friend. Um, but today I want to kind of recap everything else, um, that I've done and where I've been. So after retreat number one, the next thing that I did was head to Mexico city, um, I love Mexico city. I had not been there since before the pandemic and oh my gosh, you guys, it is such a rad place. It is the only like major city I've ever been in. That is, it feels so lush, like you're in the heart of it and there's still so many trees and birds chirping and they really just like built it into the land instead of kind of like clearing the land and building it. That's what it feels like to me. Um, I was down there to headline a festival called Reach Mexico, which ended up being such a positive experience. Um, And I had done an event in Mexico City, I believe back in 2019. Um, And it was so much fun, but it was like part of a big expo. And this was much different. This was like a fitness festival. You guys, it was so rad. It was seriously just like a day of back-to-back workouts. There were, I think, five of us that led sessions. They were all women, incredible, badass women, love to all of them. Um, they know who they are. And here's the thing. It was, it was kind of funny. This was meant to be at night and I was the headliner of the festival. And so my session was, um, supposed to be at like 9 PM and under, uh, there's this incredible, massive stage built out. And it was in the heart of this beautiful park and it was supposed to be under lights and at night. And, Um, the week prior, they started to have a ton of rain at night. And so the festival community was like, well, we better move this during the day. Instead of changing the day, we'll just move it during the day so that we don't have to like have people change their schedules. And I was a little bit bummed because I was kind of excited for like a night situation. And also what happened was they kept me as the end, um, the last like workout of the day. And by the time I took the stage, you guys, it was like, I half, I was half tempted to be like, everyone sit down and rest because these women and the guys who showed up had been working out in the hot, hot sun all day long and they had given what they had to give. I mean, it was beyond overtraining. So that's kind of like the downside to the experience, to the experience. Um, it was crazy because they had like some shaded tent areas and there were still, I mean, tons of amazing people who were giving me everything that they could and doing the session with me, but there were probably another, God, I don't know, maybe 300 people just sitting in the tents watching my session because they just could not work out anymore. But it was cool because I feel like they held space and their energy contributed and it ended up being such an amazing experience. The meet and greet after it was, that's always one of my favorite parts is getting able to hug and meet and like be face to face with the women that I train and the people who have come out to support me. And I was very nervous for um, this event and the following meet and greet because, of course, I am not fluent in Espanol. Um, yo entiendo un poco Espanol, pero no lo hablo bien. That just is me saying I can understand some Spanish, but I cannot speak it. Um, 
but I felt really, really strongly that I wanted to try. So here's a little background of my Spanish. Um, Brian, the love of my life, my husband, spent two years in Puebla, Mexico, and traveling around, living around Puebla, Mexico, serving a mission for the Mormon church. Um, it was after I'd converted him, before we both left the Mormon church. But during that time, I was faithfully waiting for him at home, and I decided to take some Spanish classes at the university so that I could try to teach myself Spanish while he was learning Spanish. I was reading my scriptures in Spanish. Um, and I have a really good memorizing mind. So I was able to have like a massive vocabulary. I think I probably have like 200 plus Spanish words that are just locked in my mind, but I never learned how to like properly conjugate the words. It's, it's not that simple. I know people say it's one of the easier languages to learn, which just scares me about all the others, but it's such a beautiful language, but I, I can get the gist of what people are saying, but when I try to speak, I just butcher it. Um, so anyway, I with a little bit of the knowledge that I had, I really, really wanted to try to speak some Spanish during my session, especially because, as you guys know, I no longer do any live sessions that don't include mindfulness. Like, it is a redefined fitness live. It's not just a live power session anymore. I will never again waste the opportunity of leading a live workout, whether it's training one person or 500 people at a fitness festival. I'm not going to do it without including some of that mindfulness that I incorporate now into every session. So I was just worried because I'm like, man, if I do the mindfulness piece in English, which is how the session begins and setting that intention, then I feel like so much will be lost. Um, but I was terrified to like write down and then translate my speech and the intention setting and start it off in Spanish because I'm like, man, if I'm up there butchering it and it, like tripping over my words, then it's just going to really, really throw off the energy, right? Like the only thing worse than them not understanding me would have been me trying to speak Spanish and just like messing up all over the place and them trying not to laugh. And it just would not have been the powerful, special energy and presence and mindset that I knew I needed to bring. So I was super nervous, but all of all things considered, I decided to take the leap and try to speak Spanish. And you guys, I did. And it was Oh my God, such a cool experience. Now I have to give some major props to my good friend, Jess, and one of her good friends who helped me um, translate my speech. So what I did was I wrote down my speech, like what I would want to say in English, kind of roughly, and then I simplified it. I like really pared it down because I speak quite poetically. And then I translated it into Spanish and then I asked Jess to read it over and she then asked her friend to read it over to make sure that it was a Spanish as they would actually speak it there in Mexico City um, and not too proper or, you know, that that the essence of what I was saying and the feel of my words were coming through, not just literal translation. So they helped me finesse it and I spent an hour... I mean, we were having to do this in real time. I really made the decision like two days before when I was in Mexico City on my media day. So I spent the hour before I went to bed the night before and then the two hours when I was like getting ready for the event, just listening to myself say it in Spanish and practicing. And thank God I did not stumble, you guys. I was able to stand on that stage and start my Redefined Fitness live session powerfully and articulately in Spanish, which was just a straight up gift from the universe. I feel like I was guided and able to do that despite um, despite not being a Spanish speaker and because for the benefit of those who came. Um, I had such beautiful feedback, funny enough, from a lot of men who showed up saying that it was very powerful and just thanking me for giving the effort, which of course, I mean, that's what I'm there to do. I'm always going to give my best effort, but it was, I felt like a small thing that I could do to show them how grateful I am for their support, um, for trusting me as their trainer and for joining me that day. So that was incredible. But another thing about my Mexico city trip that I did not post about or share about, oh my God, you guys, I got so sick. I have never, I mean, it's actually amazing to me looking back that I've never during any 
of my other international travels been that sick before because, you know, given how much I travel, but I will never again take for granted just being somewhere and navigating jet lag, which can be like, you're actually sick. But this was like, I had a stomach buck. Like I could not keep anything in. Um, I don't know how I got it. I do not believe that it was anything that I ate. Um, we ate at like some, I mean, the food in Mexico city is absolutely incredible. I've never had problems with the food there before. We ate at beautiful, nice restaurants who were accommodating with my allergy and everything was fresh. And I think, I think I just caught a stomach bug. Um, but nevertheless, it was the second day, not the day we got there, but the next morning I woke up and I was like, experiencing really sharp, like stabbing pains in my stomach. And this wasn't like endo pain. It wasn't cramps. It wasn't like my anxiety that kind of upsets my tummy. It was like, oh shit, like I'm going to be sick. (laughs) That kind of a vibe. And you know that feeling, right? Like it feels like something's just stabbing and stabbing and it comes in waves. Like it's rolling pain and then it kind of like eases up a little bit and then it comes back and it's worse. And I was like, no way. So this is happening. And I am just having to go to the bathroom all the time and just struggling. And, um, the next day was my media day. And I thought, surely like, I'm going to be fine. You know, I had all these interviews lined up. The event organized a media like junket, which was me and the other headliners kind of sat next to each other in director's chairs and being interviewed at the same time by a few different publications in a local newspaper. And so I, it, it was like, I was having to show up and like, really be present. Not, it wasn't even just like a one-on-one interview or an interview over zoom. These were like, this was like a big thing, like photos, everything. So I'm just trying to get ready and I can't even get out of bed. Like I can't stand up straight. I feel faint and dizzy because I'm not able to eat anything because everything I eat doesn't stay. Um, and I somehow pull myself together and they go to this media junket and I did pretty well. I was there for about like an hour and then we were waiting for like an interviewer to show up and they're like, you guys have a 15 minute break. And I felt so bad because normally I would stay and like chat with the other women, but I was like, I've got to go. Like, I just need a break. I need a breather. I'm trying to, of course, keep it together and not bring attention to myself or like let people know that I'm sick. Thankfully it was held at my hotel. So I go back to my room and I text my PR manager and I'm like, let me know the last second that they need me back. And I'm just sitting there like wondering if I'm going to throw up, like trying to like just cold sweats. I mean, I'm so sick. And we ended up having to cancel my last interview, which is the first time I've ever, ever had to cancel an interview. Like I will push through, I will push through the pain, but I just could not, I could not get up. So it was rough. Um, I was like, really freaking out at this point because the next day of course was the event. And we also had to do my sound check that night at like 10 PM. So I think it was probably like 3 PM at this point And I was able to fall asleep. I passed out for like three and a half hours, thankfully. And when I woke up, um, I was not feeling better. And I dragged myself to the sound check in my sweats and it was so cool. I think some adrenaline took over when I saw the amazing stage and like I was able to practice with my playlist and the mic and I attempted to practice my speech and I fumbled all over the place with it, which made me quite second guess if I should even be doing it. And basically we go back <laughs> to my hotel and I just, I took some Unisom and I passed out and I'm just living on prayers at this point. And I remember waking up to text from Ryan. He's like, baby, like, how are you feeling? Are you feeling any better? And I was not feeling better. You guys, I was so sick still. And this is like 7 a.m. morning of the event. Okay. We have to leave at like 11 a.m. So again, TMI, but I'm like having to go to the bathroom every five minutes, have not eaten at this point in about 48 hours. And I'm about to go lead a workout in the hot, hot sun. So I was doing my own hair and makeup. Thank God I didn't have like a glam team coming, but I'm like, doubled over in bed doing my hair and makeup, (laughs) just trying to, you know, mentally breathe. I did a huge meditation, which I know might sound weird, but I swear it helped me so much physically. Like it really helped me. I just focused on sending healing energy into my stomach and grounding myself. And I really was able to kind of calm the pain. And I wasn't sure if it was getting less painful because I hadn't put anything in my stomach to eat, to upset it, 
or if I was truly getting better at this point, but, um, I was grateful either way. So I, I'm like, I told my team, I'm like, I'm feeling so much better. It's going to be fine. You know, no one had even spoken about the fact that I might not do it. Like it just wasn't an option clearly. So I'm, I'm feeling a lot better. 11 rolls around. It's time to head to the venue. And I'm just like looking straight at the road in the car, trying not to get car sick, just listening to my speech, dying it in. And I'm in like this little tent that they set up for me as a green room. And I just sit there and I meditate again. And I see how many people had come out, which was so humbling and so awe-inspiring, but also like a little bit terrifying. This was the first like bigger event that I'd done in a hot minute. So I was, I was starting to get nervous and the nerves also bring like stomach flutters, which was not ideal. And I called Ryan from my little green room and I just burst into tears and he was like, he just said everything I need to hear as he always does. I don't know how he knows how, but he just looked at me and he was like, Kels, you got this. Like you're just human. They're just human. You guys are just humans you're going to share some space together. Your stomach's going to be okay because there's things bigger than you at play. And I don't remember exactly what he said, but I talked to him. I cried it out, let myself have a moment. And then I was good. And it was crazy because the nerves completely went away. Um, I wasn't feeling any stomach pain. And for like five minutes, like the last five minutes before I walked on the stage, I have never felt that way prior to an event. Like I had zero nerves. I was stoked. I was eager. I was ready. I felt like a badass. And I was able to like walk up on that stage and I delivered my speech without stumbling over one single syllable of one single word, which was a no small miracle. And I led the session and it was so incredible. And just like another testament to the fact of how real energy is like the energy of those who were there truly sustained me on stage and the energy of those watching the workout and cheering us on from the shaded tents. I know sustained those who were there working out with me to give us energy. And collectively, it was just such a beautiful experience. Um, I will say about 25 minutes in, I almost blacked out because it came that moment where I realized, okay, my body was like, Hey, you haven't put anything into us in two and a half days. We can't output like this with when we have nothing to give. And I basically stopped doing the workout. I didn't make this announcement or anything. Nobody knew, I don't think, but I just completely stopped doing the exercises and I just coached them through. And it was, it was fine. You know, like I just realized my body hit a limit and it was telling me like, yeah, we're not working out in the sun anymore. Um, we can barely function. So let's drink some water and calm down. And just, I was a good motivator. Right. Um, and I finished the session and I was able to do the meet and greet. And then it was like no coincidence that the second I closed the door to the car to take us back to the hotel, my stomach pain started up again. Um, and I mean, we did go out to dinner that night to kind of celebrate, but it was like, I, I could hardly eat anything. Um, and we just had to go to bed early and, and call it. And it was just such a weird and beautiful and unique story. I think, I mean, God, like <laughs> I laugh about it now, but guys, it was so bad. It was so rough. Um, and I'm just super grateful. I'm grateful for that first day I had in Mexico city where I wasn't sick and the amazing photos I was able to take and, the sights I was able to see and just that I was able to make the most of that. And then looking back, it's just a, it's just a lesson, right? It's just another life experience. And I think every single time you get sick, I mean, it's, it doesn't matter who it is or what the circumstances, our health is everything. And we so easily forget that until it's jeopardized somehow, whether that's through injury or sickness or just a shift in your baseline health nothing else matters as much as that. But we can't see or remember or act like that unless it's slipping. And that is something that I always try to correct in myself. I don't want to wait for the universe to humble me out. I want to keep myself humble and so grateful for being healthy. Um, and that was just a big, a big reminder. And again, I walk away 
And to this day, I have so, so much gratitude for my health um, and for all the events that I've done where I was not sick. So I will never look at things the same ever again. Um, So after Mexico City, I headed back to Mexico in Sayulita, which is a complete different part of Mexico, um, to do my second retreat, which again, we've already recapped that. And then I headed to London. So this is how crazy it was. Between, I went on the second retreat. I got home the evening of Mother's Day. um, And then I was home literally only like two nights. I think it was like 48 hours. And I left for London. How? How could I do that, you ask, maybe? Um, Because my voice came. So... I have been working on and talking to these events and planning these retreats and like planning things for work for a long time. I mean, this stuff takes a long time to plan between like a year and six months out. Right. And I didn't realize when I started engaging in these conversations and opportunities that it was all going to fall on such a close timeline. Um, And I was a little bit anxious, well, a lot anxious about how much travel I had in such a short amount of time, especially with like Anderson and being away from home. Um, and it's such a busy season with Ryan and his company right now as well. So all that to say, like when we realized how much I'd be gone, Ryan, I just started told Ryan, like, I can't do it unless you guys come to something like I, I just can't. And he, um, made a huge sacrifice to step away from his business at a time that actually was not ideal at all to come with me to London. Um, and we were able to bring Anderson and it all worked out. And guys, I, I post about this, but truly, 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 that was something that I have manifested my entire career. Never has Anderson's come to Australia with me. Ryan's come to Australia with me, but never at the same time. Um, they saw the event that I did in collaboration with Albion Fit in here in Salt Lake and my other little, like my secret New Year's event I did in Salt Lake, but they've never seen me like headline a fitness festival. They've never come with me Um internationally and like seen me do my thing or, or been with me for those experiences. And the two things that, you know, I enjoy the most is like, obviously spending time with my family first and foremost, and something else I value immensely that really feeds my soul is travel. So that, and combined with the purpose, like my purpose driven career and why I do what I do, it was the culmination of so much love and passion and having them there was an experience I will never, ever, ever forget. Um, I mean, it was so cool. (laughs) Ryan is, oh shit. (laughs) He's my anchor and being on stage and like watching him watch me was such a beautiful experience. Um, and just having him there with me during those moments, like instead of having to FaceTime him, like having there with me as I meditate before I go on stage and just, you know, getting like, he just was in the back of the hall during my meet and greets, just kind of like quietly observing with the biggest smile on his face. And so many women went up to him and introduced themselves after as well, which was so cool. And, it was just so, so beautiful to be able to experience that together and share that with him. Um, it meant a lot to us and it was really neat because earlier in my career, when I was traveling like 2018, 2019, the trips were different. I mean, I wasn't as in control of my itinerary and everything was like, I really, really overworked myself and had super long days and I didn't really do any sort of a work life balance. And unfortunately I felt like I kind of had traveled the world a bunch and not had much to show for it outside of like the work that I was there to do. And I promised myself during COVID like that I wouldn't navigate my travels like that anymore. If I'm somewhere, I'm going to be there. I'm not going to eat all my meals quickly at the hotel room service. Um, I'm not going to miss out on seeing a city because I have to do a workout or have to walk on the treadmill at the hotel. Like I'm going to I want to experience the food where I am. I want to go out and walk the city and meet someone in a coffee shop, a barista, and just like, I I want to talk to local people and I want to go be the basic 
sightseeing bitch and like see the sights where I am. And I've been proud of myself that the trips that I've done post pandemic have really been so much work, of course, and that's always the priority, but also I have made it a priority to be where I am and make those memories and indulge in delicious food and treats and experiences while I'm there um, and maximize my time because it's precious. And I'm so, so, so lucky. Um, The fact that I get to travel is never lost on me. So we, all that to say, and like how special it was just to have them with me in general aside, guys, London is so rad. And Anderson was the perfect age to see it. I mean, he's traveled with us or with me and with Ryan and I different places, you know, his whole life, but he's nine now and having him come to London. I mean, these memories he's going to truly remember. He was old enough. Like there was no stroller business. You know, it was like, he was old enough to walk 20,000 plus steps a day and he could just really hang and he had a lot of energy. And it was like, I asked for suggestions on like what we could do in London with a nine-year-old. And I had so many amazing responses. And I wanted to share here the ones that we did as a family, because guys, they were so cool. Like these are the highlights kind of of our sightseeing side of the trip. So first of all, if you have been to London and you've never been to Shoreditch, I would 10 out of 10 recommend. That was where we stayed for the first like four days of the trip because that's where the balance festival was held. And it's like a little, I guess, neighborhood or like borough. I don't really know what London calls their, their little, you know, like the, the areas of the city in the city. I don't know what they call it, but basically, um, it's part of London. Um, and it is just so artsy and there's like a young vibe there and, very casual. And uh, I don't know if I can use the word hipster. I don't know, but that's kind of the vibe I got. It's just a little bit less uh, proper than most of London, a little less polished, but it's so funky and fun and so artistic. And there's so many um, incredible like things to do and see. And just the shopping there, they have so many vintage shops, like so, so many secondhand shops, which I absolutely love. I think Shoreditch in general is just such a fun vibe. So many fun bars and restaurants and shopping and just a great little area. Um, So go and see Shoreditch. And then, you know, of course we had to do the London Eye. It was really cool. I think it's totally worth it. We We did like the champagne experience, the VIP experience, which I bought it on a website. I pre-booked it before and I was able to get a deal and it wasn't that much more expensive than the normal tickets, but it was cool because it allowed us to skip the line. So you got to rock up and go to a separate entrance and they like took you on and you didn't have to wait in line, which I mean, long days for Anderson anyway. So I felt like waiting two hours on like a busy Saturday to see the eye. It was, I was just really grateful that we were able to do that. And I think if you really want to do the eye, that's a great way to do it. Um, super cool. It doesn't take that long. The experience, the experience, experience, gosh, is pretty quick, but it really is cool to see like a bird's eye view of London. Um, the Churchill War Rooms. Someone recommended this to me and I proposed it to Anderson and he was like all about it. He loves history. He loves learning about World War II. Ryan has taught him so much about that. And being able to go and do the tour, which has like audio, you hold these things that look like old brick cell phones kind of. And there's like a guided audio tour through the Churchill War Rooms. And it was so, so cool. And we learned so much. Um, and Anderson just ate it up. I mean, he we were down there for probably two hours and he was just lit up with excitement the whole time. Um, let's see, the war of the world. Okay, Anderson's big into virtual reality. Like we have a place here that does virtual reality experiences and we took Anderson for his birthday and he can't stop talking about it. So I asked him like, if you could do anything, what would you do? And he was like, is there anything in London that's virtual reality? And I was like, ah, we're only going to do that, buddy. If there's something that's like, you can't do anywhere else, like it's specific to London. Right. And I started Googling and sure enough on like a few different sites, um, this experience was listed as one of like the top 20 things to do as a family in London. And it's called the war of the world's layered reality experience. So I, you know, was completely unfamiliar with war of the worlds. I know it's a book and a movie. Um, but I've never seen it, never read it. 
had no clue, right? So you don't have to know to go and have a good time, but basically you go in and it is this whole like steampunk themed restaurant that you walk into and everything is themed. I mean, like the food, the drinks, like the decor, all of it, the um, workers all in like character and costume. And then you like, when it's your time for the tour, you go, I actually can't even describe it. You just need to go to the website or look it up if, if you're interested, but guys, it was a really, really cool experience. It took like two and a half hours to go through and it combined like actors and it kind of felt like you were in a movie instead of watching a movie is the best way they could say it. But, um, really cool experience. Something that totally was off my radar that I'm glad we did was such a hit with Anderson. We went to the tower of London, which I'd never done before in all my times to London. And it was so cool. I mean, I do love learning about history and I think the energy in really old places is actually magical. Um, there's so much history in the tower of London and being able to walk through it, which also you could spend hours and hours there. There's so much to hear and learn and see and do, but the tower of London functioned as a palace, as a prison, um, as so many different things through the years. And it was really neat to walk through and learn about the history there and see like the, the line of the Kings. And, um, I mean, it's just amazing. It's, it was really cool to do that. Uh, and then last but not least, we were able to take Anderson to see Ryan and I's favorite musical, which is Les Miserables at the Queens theater, um, in the West end, which, is like the highest caliber of musical theater talent in the world. I've seen Les Mis there. This was my third time and it was Ryan's first time seeing it at that level. And he'd seen it on Broadway, which is obviously also on that level, but for his first time seeing it on the West end and Anderson's first, um, first musical ever. I mean, we've taken him to like a little local, like a tiny, tiny local, um, play, but this was like his first true theater experience and watching him watch it and just how mature he was with the themes of that musical and how enraptured he was by the gift that is live performing. It was such a beautiful experience to witness him witnessing that for the first time. Um, I will never forget that day ever, ever such a neat experience. So yeah, that was London. It was unbelievable. So London, we all fly home. Well, we flew from London to Salt Lake. There's a direct flight, which is amazing. And Anderson Ryan went home and I had to actually go straight on to LA. So I stayed at the Salt Lake airport, rechecked in, and I had a few days of meetings and things that I need to do in LA. Um, funny enough, um, one of the highlights, well, the highlight of my LA trip was that I was able to be a guest on Queen Herbie's podcast, House of Herbie. So she was a guest on my pod um, a couple months ago. If you missed her episode, please, please go listen to it. She's such a creative genius, so inspiring, such an empowered woman. And to be able to return the favor and go as a guest onto her podcast was amazing. Our conversation was nothing what I expected, but it was so fun and so inspiring. Honestly, I learned so much. It was, she does the podcast with her husband. So it was the three of us chatting very much like my podcast. Everything was unscripted, unplanned, and we had no preconceived like point of the show. It was really just, we sat down and had a very genuine and vulnerable conversation and it was really, really neat. So, um, I think actually that that dropped today. So if you're listening to this and haven't heard that cross over and listen to that episode, cause it's very cool. Um, and we talk about a lot, a lot of things that you guys, that I've actually never talked about here even. Um, or I guess things I have talked about here, but things I've, pieces that I have not ever shared before, I guess, came out. Um, and then crazy enough, the I was supposed to have a big, big shoot in LA that with a media publication that actually fell through the day of, like the morning of. Um it's hopefully not fallen through. It's just like postponed. There's some like legality and stuff we're working on, but all that to say, I was sitting feeling like so flustered and frustrated that like, oh my gosh, we're going on this trip, which, and the reason that I booked the trip and had to go straight off the back of London was really for this one big thing, this massive shoot I was supposed to do. And it didn't happen. And I was like a little bit disheartened by that. But ultimately I woke up that next day with 
like some pretty good cramps. And I was like, you know what? I don't think I could lead those kind of workouts right now anyway. And so I think that was a blessing in disguise. And also it was an opportunity for me to practice something that I've been implementing into my life, which is just asking why instead of deciding when something quote bad happens or negative or something, things don't go according to plan in the moments that you, my initial reaction is to get frustrated or be disappointed in a change instead of just going along with that initial disappointment or reaction or negativity. Um, I just take a step back and I ask myself why, like, I wonder what I just like to pretend what if the universe always has my back and what if I'm always right on time and what if I actually can't fuck it up and if I believe that and I lean into that then when things shift and change even if they might be perceived as negative I instead think huh I wonder why that happened I wonder what I am meant to learn from this change or Maybe it wasn't meant to be or wasn't meant to be like that for X, Y, and Z reason. And maybe I'll know one day, maybe I'll never know. But it is, of course, okay to feel disappointed. All of our feelings and thoughts are valid. I say that all the time, but it is a powerful thing to choose the perspective of once you accept something, you're aware of something, you accept it. The action piece to that would be wonder what you could learn from it instead of just assigning that it's a bad thing straight away because there can be lessons in almost everything. And I don't care if people think that that's reaching or um, silly because life is what you make it. And if I assign meaning to something, that's powerful. Whether or not that meaning is deeply there and from God or from the universe or not, it's real for me. And it has had a very real and profound positive effect on my life to look for those lessons and make those meanings out of things. So just some thoughts. Um, so yeah, from LA, I flew straight down to San Diego. It was, um, literally a half hour flight. (laughs) I didn't quite realize that I was, I looked into Ubering, but it was like, because of how much I fly, I have so many miles. And so it saved me a couple hundred dollars, honestly, just using some miles to pop down there on a flight instead of Ubering, but it took longer. Cause you know, you have to get to the airport security, all that crap. And so like I would have Ubered there in like two hours and instead I had like a four hour airport experience, but all good. So I popped down to San Diego and this was actually not for work at all. This was for a family vacation. So this was a trip that my side of the family had planned about a year ago um, to head back down to Oceanside, which is where I grew up vacationing my whole life. So when I was little, we would drive from Utah to California and camp on Southern Carlsbad State Beach. And then when my parents got like fed up of the work of camping, which it takes so much work, I did not realize till you're an adult, like you don't realize till you're an adult how much work like camping actually is. But um, my mom, I think, kind of put her foot down and we started staying in like a hotel instead. And instead of Carlsbad, we we bumped up just one town over to Oceanside. So we've stayed at a bunch of different places around there. And in the last like decade and a half, we started staying at this lovely place called North Coast Village. My grandparents are owners there and they have tons of rental units. So all of us rented units on the same week, which we had to do forever ago. And we planned this family trip. So we planned to be there for a week. Um, Ryan flew in with Anderson and met me at the San Diego airport and we, um, Ubered over to Oceanside and it was incredible. It was my whole nuclear family. So me, my mom and dad, my older sis, her husband, her kids, my little sis and her kids and my little brother and his wife. And it's, you know, with everyone's busy schedules and all of us being adults and having our own families, it's hard. It's hard to get time together. And even, you know, being together, I still look back and I'm like, gosh, I didn't get, you know, as much one-on-one time as I wanted with my niece and nephews or my little sister, or it's just, you know, even when you're all together, it's hard to really be together, but I'm so grateful that we all made the choice to come and, um, be there. And I've shared a little bit about that trip on socials. I did like a post about, we went to Disneyland one day, which we weren't actually planning to do, but my older sis, um, had the idea, (laughs) She's a big Disney gal and 
I was like, hell yeah. So, um, unfortunately Ryan had to fly home after like the first three days. So he wasn't with us for most of the trip and that's why he wasn't at Disneyland. But, um, I was so grateful that he was able to prioritize London. And so I knew that the odds that he'd be able to stay the whole time were very slim, but anyway, it was so amazing. And I post about this, but that week was exceptionally reflective for me and really healing coming off the back of all of these big, um, big like checks off of my list for the year, you know, for my career, these big things I have been planning and, and they were all executed. And it was just like a moment where I could just take a big breath. Um, to be able to, the fact that everything panned out that I landed there after all of these big things that I'd been doing and it happened to be, um, six years exactly from when I became a sweat trainer. I've been a sweat trainer since sweat existed. I launched back, um, with myself, Kayla and Sienna was, we were the OG sweat trainers. Of course, Kayla's the, the only OG, the founder, she, um, had her programs. So with Kayla, which she decided to turn into sweat. So, but all that to say, like it was six years ago to the week that I, that sweat launched and that the world had found out that I'd been working alongside Kayla and Toby and that I was working with sweat and that I was a sweat trainer. And that kind of marked the beginning of my professional career as a fitness trainer. I had been a certified trainer prior to that, obviously, but I wasn't like taking clients. I hadn't put out any programs because, um, as you'll know, if you've listened to the episode with Kayla back to the beginning, it talks about the whole thing, like how I became a sweat trainer, how she found me, our relationship, like the whole journey, it's all there in detail. But for me personally, I remember, oh my gosh, it's like, it feels like a whole other lifetime ago. And it also feels like yesterday at the exact same time. And I think it's funny how time is like that, but it was so powerful because Ryan took me to Oceanside that day after sweat launched to celebrate. And it was just me, Ryan and Anderson. We were able to, um, stay in my grandparents' condo for free. They gifted that to us. And we just took like four days as a little family to press pause and like soak in that moment because we just both knew that it was such a massive, massive moment for me. And the start, the start of everything and the start of who knows what. And to realize that I was staying at that same place and there that same week, all these years later, um, it was really cool. I shared, um, I'll read you guys the caption of the post that I wrote actually, because what I ended up doing is I looked back at the, and I found two like photos that I had posted from that exact place, um, all those years ago. And I thought it would be cute to like recreate, um, them. But anyway, let me read you this caption that I wrote. So I said, not your typical before and after please read. Anyone recognize these first photos? When I realized that six years ago exactly, I was here with Ryan and Anderson to celebrate the launch of Sweat and the beginning of my career as a fitness trainer, I scrolled back through the gram and found these two posts I did that week and thought it would be fun to recreate them. I remember that trip vividly, and it's been surreal to reflect on the past six years, how much has changed, how much I've changed how differently some things unfolded than I'd hoped, yet at the same time, how extraordinary the journey has been. Some differences between the women I see in these photos, because it's photos of me side by side. I've said goodbye to hair dye, eyelash extensions, eyelash extensions, acrylic, gel nails, self-tanning, and feeling self-conscious or embarrassed to take photos or create content. At 27, I felt a little bit of a panic that I was switching careers, like I was late to the party and perhaps too late to the game. I was passionate and purpose-driven, but equally hungry to prove myself in my industry and to the world. At 33, I feel like I haven't even gotten started. I now see my life as my party, and I know I am never late. And the game is far from over. I am more passionate and purpose-driven and hungry only to be more present in my life, because this is it it's going. It's so easy to look back and let regrets glare back at you, but it is better to allow grace to erase any regret and look back in gratitude. 
I am so, so, so thankful. Um, and I just said, thank you to everyone who's supported me on socials through the years. But damn, when I say like looking at these pictures of myself side by side and yeah, sure. There's not much changes physically, but that's the whole point is I'm a whole different woman than I was then. Um, and it's interesting again, how powerful perspective is, right? Because I remember that feeling of being there six years ago and the feeling of just, you know, launching sweat into the world and stepping into this new career. And I was so excited and I was purpose-driven, but I also was very much full of fear. And I was also very much feeling like I needed to prove myself and, um, it's fair to say that things did not go how I thought in a lot of ways, but also in some ways they've gone exactly as I thought. And the biggest changes are of course not in my body, not that you can see. Um, but also the biggest changes aren't even like, I'm obviously still a sweat trainer. I'm still writing workout programs. Like I'm still in this and doing this and working my ass off. But the biggest changes are, it's the growth it's the things that day by day you really can't see. It's all the shit that I've been through and the mistakes that I've made and the lessons that I've learned and the memories that I've earned, um, the confidence that I learned and remembered. It's six years of practicing living in self-love and truly redefining fitness for myself again and again and again when it feels like sometimes... I'm stuck in a loop. This was just such a beautiful experience to step back and zoom out and realize, holy shit, all of those little efforts, they do add up. And they did. And I'm so proud of who I am today. And I'm so grateful to that woman that I was then. Um, when Sweat launched, I had just, you know, my faith crisis was so fresh. And I felt like it was the beginning of my new life and this new me, but also I was in a very, very, very dark place mentally um, and very much still hurting and healing. And I think obviously in senses, we always are doing both those things, but I'm saying in the context of that big loss of identity and that crisis and mental health crisis, like I was very much in the throes of it. Um, and to be able to look back and see that I was able to not only learn and grow and heal and expand, but I was able to help others do so too. And that's profound to me because I think it's really important to remember that you do not need to wait until you are perfect or unbroken to turn around and help someone else. The version of you that you are right now today in this moment is so important and so impactful and so powerful and so needed. And you have no idea who is looking at you or looking up to you. You have no idea if you turned around and extended your hand, who you could help up, who is in your shoes, the shoes you just were wearing or standing next to you now. And I hope that I have never, ever come across on a pedestal because my God, you guys, I'm not. And I think this podcast hopefully highlights that, but it's like, I only speak to these things because I've lived them and I still am. And anything that I've learned, all the lessons and the pieces of truth that I've remembered, I've remembered them because I've gone through it. I get it. Like I have this, I just, all the women that I train, like, I just want to hug you. I love you. I know for a fact that I am not 1% better than you in any way. And I hope you know that too. And true confidence, remember this. It is understanding that no one else is better than you. And at the exact same time that you are better than no one else. Both are true. And that is where freedom and the confidence to really be confident and live out loud lies is being able to embrace that truth. 
And I think that's the difference. I think the woman that I was then was still very much full of fear. And, you know, I hadn't, I didn't, I was worried. I was worried that if I wasn't super shredded or super strong or posting this type of content and editing out any type of my personality or whatever, then I wouldn't be respected in my industry. I wouldn't be trusted as your trainer. And I don't know. I don't know if I would have done things differently all along the way, how things whatever could have changed, but I know for sure that I regret nothing. And I'm so proud of my journey and I'm so grateful for it. Um, so grateful for it. And all that's left to do now is to go forward and continue doing the same things I've always been doing. Redefining fitness every day. Living from self-love in the little ways. And that is being present. That's how you live your healthiest life. Um, so I'm grateful. I'm grateful that I had last week with my family in such a special place to press pause and really just, I guess, be in that beautiful wave of so much emotion. I mean, I spent hours just staring out at the ocean <laughs> watching Anderson play with his cousins next to my family members who I love. Um, and just literally sitting there staring and being and thinking and feeling so many feelings, so much nostalgia and so much gratitude and a little bit of heartache and memories and just really, really letting it soak in that like, wow, I was there as a little girl and I was there. I mean, that was the beach that we had told my family that we we're pregnant with, with Anderson on. And I was there as a new mom and I was there six years ago launching sweat. And I was there last week and all there is, is this moment right now. This is it. Because my parents are getting older and my son is growing older. And this is it. Life is now. So between all the dreams and the planning and the hustling and the working, slow down. Because this is it. Um, yeah. So that's my travel recap, guys. I have no clue how long this episode is. Um, oh, shit. I think I'm late for my meeting. I think I have a 3.30. So I'm going to just go ahead and go. <laughs> but I do love you guys so much. And I will chat to you next week.